Welcome to the Libertarian Tex-Mex podcast. Here's your host, Cesar Aguirre. Hey everybody, long hiatus, but I'm back. (laughs) Um, It's been, I would say, close to a year since I did our last posting. Um, Got a little busy with life, uh, you could say. Um, I, uh, well, got married uh, about a year and a half ago, so I've been enjoying the the newlywed married life. we purchased a home, uh, we went on vacation, um, I was legit just trying to enjoy life. So um, we are back. Um, I think I had posted something on the Facebook page. Um, if you're not on the Facebook page, please like it, Libertarian Tex-Mex. Um, so yeah, so I uh, you know, uh, got busy with life, realizing that uh, you know I really love this outlet of conversation that we have. Um, I have all these conversations with uh, my friends and family um, and even some co-workers um, depending on the person but um, I love the dialogue that has been going on lately and uh, kind of making me realize like you know why why am I not why am I doing this on a podcast you know um, put my thoughts out there um, get some people's other opinions I'd love to get some people um, on the podcast here um, have some people with different opinions and it is a topic that we're going to go into probably in another podcast, but this idea that you know politics is getting pretty polarizing um, in terms of you know people being far left, far right, um, all this other stuff, and I think it's becoming a giant turnoff um, for people in the middle, um, people independents or third party voters or people who just uh, just turned out tuned out politics in general. Um, which I think is a sad thing, you know, and I think the loudest voices of the left and the loudest voices of the right are really drowning everybody else out. So I kind of want to put a stop to that. I, you know, um, you know, what's that phrase? Be the change you want to be the change you want to see in the world. And uh, I think that's it's, it's right. You know, I think we should um, if we're tired of the um, the screaming in politics, then I think we need to kind of, uh, you know, be the be the voices of reason or humor or whatever it is um and i think most specifically you know have a dialogue with people who um don't agree with you right so maybe they're not libertarians but they are conservatives or uh, liberals or progressives or whatever they are right um we want to sit down and have a conversation with them because i think at the end of the day we have to realize that everybody has a different opinion i mean that's the whole basis of libertarianism right is the individual is going to be unique um, to other individuals so we have to have that society that allows that space for people to explore those ideas and not everybody's going to be you know the same cookie cutter uh, ideas and opinions so um, libertarianism is founded on that principle politically but I think in the practical sense we do have to go out and and let other people talk and hear their opinions and um, you know express our disagreement or our agreement or find the middle ground or whatever it is 
but I think we need to bring back some civility in the conversation. I think for sure social media is a blessing and a curse in the sense that now we do have a platform to go out and talk about these things, uh, but also comes with some pitfalls of um, people um, um, out there can give you some terrible criticism, right? Um, and it's all in the kind of kind of in the name of um, of anonymity. You know, you don't see that person in in face to face, so it's easier to kind of say just really dumb things. Um, and you know, guilt. I've been guilty of it myself, getting in a heated conversation before. But I think for the most part now, for me, I try to keep it humorous, keep the keep you know keep it with some banter. Um, try not to make it too much of a an attack on people. But definitely looking at the ideas, definitely be critical of the ideas and uh, not to be afraid to say I disagree because of X, Y, Z. And to be honest and not to be afraid to to be honest with other people, even if they don't agree with it, um, I think is a very bold move. So libertarians are always in the middle like that. Um, You know, we like to kick up dust (laughs) between between uh, Republicans and Democrats, conservatives and liberals. Um, you know, some people kind of the old way of saying it is we are, uh, you know, socially liberal, fiscally conservative. Um, and I know that's kind of an old term, but I think for sure we like to say there's, you know, about 50 percent that we agree with Republicans and 50 percent we agree with Democrats. But at the same time, that also means there's about 50 percent we disagree with conservatives and 50 percent we disagree with liberals. And I say those things interchangeably, but I know sometimes they're not. But Anyways, so, so anyways, but uh, I'm trying to come back I, on the Facebook page. Um, I did kind of make a promise that I was going to do try to do at least once a week um, going forward. I've kind of reserved Monday nights uh, to come back from work, um, uh, spend a little bit of time doing some pot, you know, uh, doing podcast, um, and then try to publish it on Tuesday. I totally failed miserably today this week. <laughs> Because uh, I just had a, a really terrible, uh, not terrible weekend. I had a great weekend, but physically exhausting. So Monday was just a total crash of adrenaline and energy. I was a lazy bum. I'll be honest with you. But um, anyways, but the work week, you know, got back into my normal routine of exercising and, you know, getting my tasks done and kind of just staying on the ball. And finally I got, uh, today I was off today on Friday. So I was like, you know what, I... I had made a commitment to do one podcast a week, and I'm late, but I'm going to honor my commitment for that, so I am going to put something out here um, right now. Um, I think most of uh, the people that are listening right now are are friends or or family or colleagues right now, but hopefully we can expand that and share it with other people. Um, What I want to do is I know know there's plenty of people, independent uh, people, libertarians, a lot of undercurrent of people that aren't exactly Democrat or Republican. And I think um, I was listening to a Reason podcast the other day, and I think they were saying something to the effect of, you know, only really like, uh, it was like 20, 25% of people um, have declared themselves as Republican, and maybe 25% have declared themselves as Democrat or something around that. So really only half the, the people... Uh, that are engaged in politics are actually on a party and then the other half is um, not associated with any of this and I think that's such a good um, 
it's such a good message i think we need to kind of reiterate to republicans and democrats is to let them remind them to say hey you know more than half of this population is not on board with you you know and we can switch anytime we want to you know um and so you've got to convince me earn my vote that's kind of a hashtag i've been putting out there every once in a while hashtag earn my vote uh because i think a lot of times when we get into voting season uh we get into this trap of um voting for the lesser of two evils as independents um and then obviously if you're a third party voter you always get that that you know the the grief from other people that if you're you're throwing your vote away or you're you know letting the other letting their enemy of their the person they voted win that type of thing and i think it's really kind of two-dimensional logic that um doesn't make sense when you're an independent or a third-party voter because you have opted out of this two-party um choice and you realize that these two choices are terrible and i think we kind of get terrorized or uh, i'm sorry i shouldn't say terrorized we get bullied pressured um into voting for somebody we don't like and i think what i want to do with this voting season and what i want to keep perpetuating is you have a choice right you have a choice um to do what you want um and you don't have to be a part of that right you don't have to be you don't have to take part in the uh you know the gang or the mob mentality you can opt out you can say i am not taking part of this and i think more people uh, well i mean generally i mean i think you know voter turnout is pretty low in the united states in general and um you know they kind of they kind of put the blame on those people saying well they need to come out and vote and um you know they're wasting their their vote or you know whatever it is they want to say but really that it needs to be flipped and they need to you know we need to say you're not earning my vote and you're not getting my vote until you change xyz which kind of leads me into what i'm going to be looking at today um i think the big thing here in texas right now um is the beto versus cruz uh running for senate uh for senator of texas and uh, we're kind of running into some things. Um, I know there's obviously a governor race and all that stuff, and I think we're going to cover that um, in another podcast. I want to do Beto versus Cruz, Beto O'Rourke versus Ted Cruz today because I did a little bit. I kind of d- dived into it this week, and um, and I found some interesting things, things that I didn't expect. Um, but just to let you know, not to lose hope, we do have three choices on the ballot for Texas for Senate, Senate uh, Senator, sorry. Um, and we also have three choices for governor. Um, so I want you to be aware of that. Um, you do have a choice out there, a choice that you can look into. Um, so, to, But today we're gonna focus on the Senate race um, the majority of the attention is going to Beto O'Rourke, who's challenging the incumbent Senator Ted Cruz. Uh, but then the other thing is there's a third option on the ballot, um, Neil Dykeman. Um, he's running with the Libertarian Party. So we're going to go through that. I kind of I like to um, when I look at these things, um, I, I think I have a lot of 
I have a lot of energy around Facebook um, in terms of news articles and editorials, um, stuff like that. But when I do something like this, when I kind of look into the candidates more, I like to be a little bit more structured. Um, so I have some type of methodology that kind of evens the playing field. So what I did for now, and I'm probably going to split this up maybe um, next week's uh, podcast, I'll maybe do like a part two um, and rate them off of the libertarian platform. But right now I'm kind of doing a, a for this podcast, I'm going to do a very high level looking at uh, two things. One, um, what do their websites say? Like, so what are they campaigning on? What is their marketing? And then two, um, I actually looked at on the issues um, for Beto O'Rourke and Ted Cruz in terms of what they've actually voted for and what they've been um, quoted as saying. And then at the end of that, um, they actually rated both of the candidates on their political philosophies based on, you know, obviously their voting record and their statements, but it's kind of a triangulation between their social um, social policies and their economic policies. You kind of get a, a sense of where they are in this, this field, right? So I'm going to look through a couple of those things. Um, and again, I'm going to put probably put some of these links on the podcast um, information just so you can look at this information yourself. Um, as a person who has spent a little bit of time in research, um, I know for me, myself, I like to look at the source information myself when somebody is posting something, right? So it's, it's probably just a habit, um, you know, when somebody is, says, hey, this research, you know, found this. Um, and so then I, I like to go in and look at it um, and kind of see like, you know, what, what the criterion is and how they came up with that information. Not to say I poke holes at it, but you can see the gaps on certain things, right? If, if for example, right, and a research is kind of saying, hey, a study shows that 60% of blah, blah, blah did blah, blah, blah. And you're going, okay, okay, interesting, all right. Um, you know, most people kind of take it at the face value of, okay, this study said this, so it must be a fact, right? Uh, but then when you go in and look at the article, it's, you know, maybe it's qualitative research versus quantitative um, or maybe it's more of like a survey versus a experimental research. Um, so, you know, you've got to be able to pinpoint and be more exact with these things. Um, and it's very, it's very easy. And, you know, sometimes I'm guilty of that too, of doing uh, kind of mental shortcuts. But especially right now with the hyperbole of, you know, things you're going to hear out there for the candidates, um, we want to make sure that our words mean exactly what they mean, right? So um, not not buying into that social media hyperbole of this, you know, this guy's a racist or this guy's going to take away our guns or whatever it is. Like, we need to be a little bit more clear about what things are because I think what I've learned um, um, in, in many things, right, professionally, personally, uh, politically, um, not not I mean some things are black and white but not all the time a lot of things are in the gray some things are shades uh, you know within that spectrum so I think we have to understand that shade of gray a little bit more put a little bit more of clarity and definition around it and understand that we're all kind of in that shade of gray right um, so we need to kind of um, 
not be so dichotomous or, you know, um, be so quick to judge people. You know, I think we need to hear things out and, and see what the story is and, and give it a little bit more of a of detail. So anyways, so, um, so yeah, so I'm going to um, kind of review some of the stuff that I found on the web pages of uh, Beto O'Rourke and Ted Cruz. And keep in mind, I'm not doing Beto O'Rourke first because uh, I prefer this candidate. I'm only doing it alphabetically. <laughs> okay. All right. B for Beto, T for Ted. Um, I am doing a hashtag Beto versus Cruz, I think just because. Um, um, everybody's really using those names. Um, nobody's using Beto's last name, O'Rourke, and nobody's using T uh, Ted Cruz's first name, except except Trump, which, which Trump called them what, L Lion Ted or something like that, or something like that. Crooked Ted, or I don't know what it is. I think it's Lion Ted, uh, but everyone else usually calls him Cruz around here. So uh, anyway, so we're going to go over that. Um, the other part of this too that that uh, is the whole reason behind libertarian Tex-Mex um, is the idea of like hey you know um, you know libertarianism has a set of values but then how it applies is kind of very regional specific and I think Tex-Mex really um, emphasizes the blend here in Texas you know Texas I think has a, has a really bad stigma of it kind of being just about you know country music redneck and guns and barbecue right um, and I gotta be honest sometimes you know even looking at a, a, a candidate like Ted Cruz he's kind of feeding into that um, that stigma or that that image but Houston you know if you go to Houston or Austin or San Antonio or Dallas or even the hill country um, you kinda realize that there's so many different cultures out there in Texas um, that it's hard to say we're just about barbecue and guns, right? There's way more than that. And uh, I wish people would kind of bring that to the forefront. Um, and I really think um, people should be proud of being a Texan and understanding that, you know, being a Texan is not just about, you know, being, a, <laughs> being a, about being a redneck or something like that. Like there's so many dynamics to being a Texan, uh, but it's all kind of, it all works together really well, right? We do have barbecue. But we also got Tex-Mex, we got Vietnamese, we got Cajun, we got Viet Cajun, um, we got a uh, you know great Chinese and uh, Japanese community here in Houston, um, and that's not to say the other cities don't have their own mix of cultures. So I think we want to really bring that out to the forefront because that's ultimately what libertarianism is about, right? It's about the individual being their own person and not being, uh, you know. Um, beholden to one culture or to one way of thinking you know we can we can blend these things and create a new thing and I think Texas really ultimately that's what it's about it's about taking all these different things and blending them together um, to come up with something new um, and I think the food definitely exemplifies that um, especially here in Houston I'm like and one of the things one of the goals I'd like to do is go out to the different cities and see you know the different variations and, and different mixes of foods they have out there but I know here for Texas you know we have crawfish you got Vietnamese you got Viet Cajun you have Tex Cajun uh, you have you know Viet Mexican you know all these different things all these hodgepodges 
and they come up with some amazing things and you know kind of in that vein that you know libertarianism kind of leans more onto the free market free enterprise we see some great things happening in the market that a controlled market would not have been able to come up with you know um, it's free people willingly looking at these two things and going why aren't these two things together and coming up with something brand new that I think whenever you hear somebody go well can you give me an example of the free market working I think you know really the free markets working all the time you know all the time um, and yes we can go into the debate about the invisible hand we can go in, in the debate about these barriers that are kind of invisible barriers that we have from regulations etc but very specifically when it comes to culinary art and blending styles together that is not um, government created right that is free market a hundred percent and I think it really exemplifies it so hopefully we'll get to go out there try some different foods try some mixes give you guys an introduction to some awesome food that is out there um, and hopefully I would love to interview these people these chefs these inventors that are just creating some amazing food in Texas and get their opinions about the free market and anything else out there you know and and even then I you know I don't want to be completely biased on the free market so I kind of want to give it a little bit of um, you know give me the good give me the bad so maybe we can go to these restaurants and say hey what what are the good things about um, you know an, a very lowly a very low regulated uh, market and economy such as Texas and maybe what are the disadvantages you know and we could talk about those as well so anyways so um, ultimately we'll get some people in and, and do some uh, interviews and questions and um, see what we can come up with but for now we're gonna look at the candidates and see what they're about so the first one I'm actually gonna go to is Beto O'Rourke and just like I said before um, I went to their web pages and I wanted to see what they're campaigning about first. So I'm not going to read uh, verbatim what they're going to go over, uh, verbatim. Uh, I'm going to do very high level. But what I want to say is I'm going to tell you the bullet points, um, the topics that they're going to go, that they want to focus on, and then what they said about it. Okay. So uh, I have three websites I have uh, Beto O'Rourke. Ted Cruz and Neil Dykeman. So I'm going to go through those um, and then kind of leave the editorial for, for the end a little bit. I'm also going to go through on the issues. Um, and so this is going to be more of a proof of their record. You know, what have they voted for? What have they, what have they made statements about in public, etc. The only one that I'm going to not be able to do that for on the, on the issues is Neil Dykeman. Um, only because you know he is new to politics he's uh, based on his profile he has been an entrepreneur and active in the community but this is his first run um, so he doesn't have a voting record or anything like that so um, we will uh, obviously omit that or, or leave that out because there's nothing there um, and see if we can fill in the gaps um, probably looking at his um, marketing campaigns and stuff like that so anyways so looking at Beto, Beto O'Rourke, um, here are the few topics that he actually posted on his own website. Okay, so the topics he wants to focus on are agriculture, disability rights, economy, energy, 
education, equality, government accountability, guns, health care, higher education, immigration, jobs, justice, national security, seniors, veterans, and women's health. So those are the topics that Beto O'Rourke uh, wants to emphasize on his campaign website. When you go down to Cruz, uh, the ones that he's trying to emphasize is uh, proven leadership, defend the Constitution, jobs and opportunity, limiting Washington's power, Second Amendment, securing the border, servicemen and women, standing with Israel, and Texas values. On the Neil Dykeman website, what he goes over is fiscal responsibility, tax reform, trade, local government, privacy, social issues, health care, immigration reform, and national defense. So uh, you can see that just based off of these high-level bullet points, um, you know, obviously they're catering to their to their to their you know source audience right you can tell that democrats and liberals are their main concerns are things like disability rights energy education equality health care i think in immigration higher education all the stuff that Bethel work said he is definitely catering to his democratic uh liberal base um which is normal right Ted Cruz does the same thing, right? He's talking, it's a little bit uh, more hard-nosed, right? Proven leadership, uh, defending the Constitution, um, jobs, wa limiting Washington, securing the border, uh, um, the Second Amendment, standing with Israel, and Texas Vice. So these things, these buzzwords are very directed towards their current audience. Neil Dykeman, same thing, right? Obviously, he's looking for the libertarian independent candidates and, and their concerns about fiscal responsibility, taxes, um, local government, um, social issues, immigration, you know, those types of things which we are um, concerned about as well. So I think, you know, looking at those high level bullet points, um, they are definitely targeting their audience and it will be interesting to see how they shift more into the middle or if they do at all um, to kind of bridge and unite voters uh, okay so going into Beto O'Rourke um, when it comes to agriculture um, a very high level but it he does support farm subsidies and crop insurance so he does want to um, use um, government resources, federal government resources, and it looks like state um, to keep our farm uh, farming community up and running and competitive in the global market. Um, when it comes to um, disability rights, he wants to expand um, the ADA, American Disabilities Act, I think that's what it is, and he wants to fully fund um, IDEA, which is um, um, something in education, uh, I believe. Somebody, if I'm in, if I'm wrong, somebody correct me um, here. So he he's looking to empower a little bit more on the disability rights, give them a little bit more 
a breathing room um, and help on that one. Economy. <clears throat> he wants to expand antitrust laws, um, increase consumer protections, lower barriers to entry for small businesses, um, and he wants to encourage companies to return investment to communities, environment, etc., like that. So. He's, um, you know, on that one, you know, uh, there is kind of a movement for conscious capitalism. Um, I do kind of follow some of uh, what that is about. Um, and I think here they're looking for some conscious businesses. But obviously in the Democrat, in the Democrat, liberal Democrat way is use the government to force that hand. So um, we'll, we'll discuss that uh, later. On energy. Um, he did mention energy reform. I don't know exactly what that means, so good to see a little bit more detail on that. He, uh, he also has said he wants to optimize our energy resources. Again, I don't know what that means, um, so it would be really nice to get more specifics on that. He does want to incentivize uh, renewable resources, so we know that we do have you know, several tax credits for solar energy and all that, so it would be interesting to see what he has on that one. Um, he does want to expand, um, or he does want to increase EPA oversight. So I think um, maybe something there regarding um, Donald Trump kind of weakening the EPA position. So maybe he wants to bring it back, um, back to its full swing. And then on top of that, um, the last one here is he wants to um, have stronger land use policies in Texas. So very vague on that one again i'd like to hear more about these very specifics and um you know how it relates to how he would vote the next part is education so then this one um um he was very clear in saying that he doesn't want any tax dollars going to private school um, he does want to increase public funding for low-income schools uh, he wants to protect retirement for teachers and he also wants to empower the teachers um, to have autonomy in their classrooms versus being kind of uh, beholden to standardized test, uh, testing and all that stuff. So um, he also wants to protect um, anti-discrimination anti laws in schools. So I'm assuming that has to do with like transgender bathrooms and, and uh, all that stuff or bathrooms and accommodations for transgendered um, students. So, um, very specific on that one. I think a lot more than the energy part. So, but, you know, I think, um, you know, my observation going into these is I think when maybe a candidate or an incumbent doesn't know a whole lot about a topic, they're usually a little bit more vague. And once they learn, they'll dive, they'll go into flesh out more detail. And then the ones that they're a little bit more familiar with, they'll obviously have more detail. So it looks like that perhaps some, um, Beto may not have a whole lot of information on energy or knowledge that he will have to bridge, um, which is going to be a big thing in, in Texas, right? And um, we're an energy energy producer, we're our, uh, a net exporter, and uh, I think you know um, Beto Beto being honest about that to say, you know, I I don't know a whole, a whole lot about energy, but I'd like to learn more. I think that would be a great olive branch to the energy industry and all the um, people that do business in energy, um, especially here in Texas. So I think if you came with an uh, open mind about that and said, let me learn a little bit, I think that would go 
a long way to people who um, who are independent or maybe dissatisfied with Ted Cruz. All right, sorry, that was a total... I said I was going to wait. I totally didn't wait. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Um, when it comes to equality, <clears throat> um, Beto O'Rourke supports the state's um, uh, equality laws. Um, he does approve of federal access uh, for same-sex couples, couples, and uh, he does support equal pay laws. Um, so uh, I, you know, but I think that's that's kind of par for the course for for Demo the Democratic Party. Government accountability. Um, so this one I do, this one I did, you know what, forget it. I'm just going to inject my opinion while I go through some of this stuff. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, um, government accountability, this one, I, this one I did find interesting. He does support term limits. He does want to limit special interests and its, um, influence in politics. He wants to end gerrymandering. Um, he does support government transparency and oversight. Um, and he does want to make the government more efficient and cost less. So on that part, I thought I was really interesting um, that he would come out for that. Uh, but there's some crossover here with, with Ted Cruz, so um, not, 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 they're not polar opposites. Um, okay, so when it comes to guns, he does support background checks for all gun owners. He does want to ban what he calls weapons of war and high-capacity magazine. He opposes um, weak out-of-state license reciprocity. And he does want to do federal research on gun violence. So, um, like I said, very, very par for the course for a Democrat. Healthcare. Um, one of the statements he does have on the healthcare web, on his healthcare section is, um, he believes healthcare is a human right, not a privilege. He supports the um, the ACA, Affordable Care Act, and he wants uh, the states to participate in the exchanges. He wants to expand Medicaid, and he wants to subsidize premiums, um, health premiums, and drug cost. Um, and he does want to lean, uh, move in the direction of universal health coverage. Higher education. Um, um, he at, he is on the record, or I'm sorry, he is on, on his website. Um, he wants to increase federally funded loans for higher education. He wants to increase access to trade schools um, and community college and what he's calling nano degrees. I uh, have to look into that because I don't exactly, I was a little bit puzzled when I saw that. I was like, huh? Nano degrees? What? So I'm going to have to look into that. Um, he does want to do debt forgiveness for anybody who does community service or uh, does some type of work program when they finish college. Um, and he also wants to control cost of college and universities by leveraging the federal funding that we give to um, these, uh, these institutions. When it comes to immigration, um, he wants to demilitarize immigration enforcement. He wants to close private prisons. He supports the DREAM Act. Um, he believes in due process, and he wants to keep the families together. Um, he did mention something called support of assimilation. So he wants, um, he wants obviously them, you know, the federal government to help with bringing people into the community, um, setting that properly, so we have, uh, I guess, a, a greater success rate of 
um, bringing them into the, the, the U.S. Um, he also wants to allow U.S. employers to fill jobs that U.S. workers are not uh, by going out and seeking people from other countries. And uh, he does believe in a fair path to citizenship. When it comes to jobs, um, on his website, he says he subsidizes trade schools. He wants to do infrastructure work to start some jobs. Um, he wants to do uh, invest in rural broadband, um, and he wants to protect earned income tax credit. Uh, on the section of justice, um, he wants to end the drug war, end prohibition of marijuana, end private prisons. Um, he wants to increase mental health access to uh, people who do live in prisons. Um, he wants to end the bail the bailout system, um, saying that it really just leans in the favor of people with money versus people who have no money are unable to, to do a, bailing, a bailout system. Um, and then he wants to remove nonviolent offenders from the prison systems. National security, when it comes to national security, um, he wants congressional oversight of military action. Um, he does want to fund increase funding for Texas uh, military bases. He wants us, when we're out there um, using our military, he wants us to define what victory means. Um, and he wants to fund um, the total expenses and cost of total war uh, to the victims and uh, the infrastructure of the place that we're actually um, doing our battles. So um, there's that. Okay, a couple more seniors. Um, he wants to protect Social Security. He wants to improve Medicare access and he wants to reduce drug cost uh, prices um, for the seniors. Veterans, um, I think very point in blank, he says he wants to increase uh, VA funding um, to help give um, VA uh, veterans uh, better mental health access, um, you know, better assistance with the things that they're needing. And then the last one here is women's health. So here is where he um, kind of put in the, the normal democratic position of being pro-choice, expanding Medicaid, guaranteeing birth control and emergency contraception, and funding low-income health services. So all in all, I mean, really, really par for the course for a Democratic nominee. Um, you know, looking at his website, I really didn't see anything that stood out in terms of something that is unique to Beto versus the Democratic Party. I do think a little bit um, about how this is going to, um, how voters in Texas are going to respond to this, um, simply because, you know, Texas is, does lean a little bit more independent, a little bit more um, less federal government, and I think a lot of these um, things that he offers, or the thing in terms of positions, are increasing federal positions, which I think is a... I don't say it was a bad word, but it's definitely a negative here in Texas. Um, and I and I posted this on on one of my you know uh, comments before, but you know Texas really prides itself on being independent, on solving our own problems without um, exterior uh, intervention, and um, to say like you know not not to say we don't want to admit a problem, but we want the problem to be solved by us, um, and we want the consensus to be kind of at the local level. And I think a lot of these positions are very federally heavy-handed. Um, 
you know, um, very specifically, you know, farm subsidies and corn, uh, I'm sorry, crop, sub, uh, crop insurance and stuff like that. I know there's plenty of people out there in Texas who probably need that um, to survive. Um, and I think that's gonna, probably going to be another topic that we can discuss about how, you know, uh, farm subsidies and crop insurance, the, Im the negative impacts that we have on that by kind of pumping the market full of, of things that the market is not asking for. But we'll go into that in, into another, in another podcast. Um, I think expanding ADA and fully funding IDEA, um, you know, this is kind of a mixed topic for me, um, just having a, a little bit of experience in education um, and uh, looking at this in the, at the academic level. Um, you do know that, um, you know, um, ADA and IDEA and, and offering support for people with disabilities is kind of a, a neglected topic. Um, even I have to admit that even as a libertarian, um, I have to say, hey, this is, you know, this is a topic that we're kind of still kind of um, ignoring a little bit. Um, but I think there's some pathways that I've seen out there um, that could help, could support the free market to provide solutions for this. Um, and I think it has a lot to do in the area of public-private partnerships, um, but also within the base frame of the Constitution. I think there's some wiggle room there to make sure that we are um, paying attention to disability rights. Um, when so in anyway, so looking at all this other stuff, you know, in terms of expanding antitrust laws, increasing consumer protections. Um, you know, incentivize renewable resources, um, you know, increasing public funding, um, all these other things, you know, it's very kind of par for the course for a Democrat to want to increase um, spending and increase government um, intervention into these different topics. So, you know, I think I, when I look at Beto O'Rourke and I see him as an individual, I go, okay, he's, you know, he seems like a genuine guy, like he genuinely cares. But when you look at his platform, you don't really see anything unique outside of the normal Democratic platform. Um, so, you know, looking for tailoring on what is going to work for Texans, um, what's going to work for our system that really does work in a low low regulatory environment, more prone to the free market side. Um, how can Bethel O'Rourke fit in that situation? And I find it a little bit difficult to see, and I'd love to ask him the questions. I'd love for somebody to ask him the question about how he thinks this is going to fit for Texans, um, because I, I don't think Texans are on board with that. I think we want to solve our own problems. Um, and, um, and I think small things, you know, explain to me why expanding the antitrust laws is going to help the economy um, because I'm not sure that we have an, an antitrust issue, right? There's no, uh, we don't have monopolies. Um, and so getting in, te you know, teasing out those those specific issues like why he's, you know, what's what brought on this, you know, expanding antitrust laws and is there like a looming threat that he thinks because um, I'm pretty sure the market's pretty competitive um, and if we're looking at, you know, companies that are taking advantage of smaller companies, then, well, we have to look at, uh, you know, the, you know, tax, you know, tax, 
sorry, I'm, I'm driving a blank here, but uh, you know, regulations and uh, tax cuts for large companies usually um, fare better than the small companies who have to climb um, and work over those regulations, and, which cost them extra money, um, and they don't get the same tax breaks that the larger companies have. So I'm interested to see, um, you know, challenging that and saying, okay, you know, you're, you're looking at antitrust laws to protect smaller businesses, but if you really look at it, it's really, you know, ex expensive regulations and uh, tax cuts that you're not giving small businesses that are being given to larger companies. These are the things that are kind of impeding, creating barriers uh, for small companies. Um, so it'd be interesting to hear him tease that out and, and, and understand why he thinks antitrust laws would do better to help small businesses versus easing up on the regulations and decreasing taxes so you can kind of unleash a small business and, and unleash the burden from them. So it'd be interesting to hear that. Um, energy reform. I got to be honest. I kind of like um, this energy reform platform, only because he's not bashing, you know, energy and oil and gas, which is a major export in Texas, right? And obviously, he's obviously he was he's being a smart person by saying it that way. I think saying that we need a, a you know to kind of optimize our resources is kind of a nice way of saying does oil versus gas versus renewable energy you know does that make sense for our for our economy to lean on that stuff so i think he's kind of in a nice way stepping over that and focusing more on the green energy and let them become uh, more of a viable thing i think that's probably the best position a democrat's going to be able to have right um because uh, otherwise, if he's if he's in the state of Texas and he's going to start bashing on fracking and and drilling and stuff like that, he's just going to totally cut himself at the knees on that one. So I think the fact that he kind of sidestepped it and said, "Hey, we just need to make sure that we are you know maximizing our portfolio um, and having a good proper mix is okay, and we just need to kind of help re renewable energies um, kind of get." their feet going and I think we see that with solar energy um, the technology is getting better um, the services are getting a little bit better uh, I know we did an energy consultation um, um, a little bit ago to install solar panels into our home and uh, I think right now it's at, at about a break-even point um, but I'm hoping um, that once the cost of solar panels and services come down that you'll finally hit an, uh, a point where we're making more energy than we're having to pay for the solar panels. Um, that would be that would be great. Uh, but who knows? I mean, energy costs are always going up, so um, you know. So maybe it maybe it will make sense here at some point. But anyways, moving on. Um, I think when it comes to equality, you know, I think I'm a little bit more leaning. I think. I think most libertarians lean more towards the democratic side in terms of civil liberties that both state and federal need to protect civil liberties. I know a lot of times we leave, as libertarians, we want to kind of leave more things up to the state to decide, but I do very strongly believe as a libertarian that, um, that there's some fundamental liberties, right? Civil liberties being one of them. 
um, the ability to live your life the way you want to as long as you're not hurting anybody and um, I think the Constitution protects that and I don't think any government whether it be local state or federal has that ability to overstep that right um, so I do think um, that you know yes we can leave some things up to the state but the state cannot violate the Constitution right so we all have to be beholden to that and make sure we're not um, you know we're not we're not overstepping our civil liberties that's pretty much what it is so okay so I, so in terms of equality I, I think I think he's right I mean if states are out there and saying okay we're gonna mimic the federal um, you know the federal appeal that you know um, we have to equally honor marriages um, you know either same-sex or opposite-sex couples I think they're dead on, on the money right we need to be protecting those civil liberties equally um, and that is within the Constitution is equal protection making sure we're administering the law evenly to all people not just you know white Christian people um, but also you know um, same-sex couples you know minorities uh, Hispanics um, we can't just you know say that um, you know one one group of voters gets more rights than the others I think um, that's part of the US culture right uh, American culture is we all get the same rights and uh, we have to administer them equally so I do think Texas is kind of um, unevenly administering some of their rights and I think the Supreme Court um, obviously saw that and said you guys got honor it um, I'm gonna get to that one of the things that Ted Cruz said which I kind of really don't like um, but um, yeah we'll get to that but anyways one of the things I really do like um, about Beto O'Rourke is obviously supporting equality being a little bit more fair on the energy position um, term limits I think I totally agree with that I, I don't think I don't think I saw any candidate on here that didn't agree with term limits um, um, I do have some space in the libertarian context on background checks for guns um, I do think that there is a lot of um, research on gun violence already that uh, Beto O'Rourke is kind of dismissing uh, but I think of anybody who's known me um, I have been every time there's a mass shooting or a suicide or whatever it is I keep putting this article out from the American Psychological Association that did research on gun violence in, tw in 2013 and they had some findings which is a very layered thing but one of the takeaways in terms of uh, political action or laws was the the idea that people who are prone to violence or who have a violent history are very likely to be the ones who enact these violent acts and that's not just mass shootings but domestic violence suicide all those things that are related to guns that uh, create the whole pile um, I think we do have to talk honestly as libertarians and as conservatives about um, you know that okay if we know that violent people are creating more violence and that you know we need to kind of protect the the public at large from these violent people how can we do this um, in a very minimal way that would maximize the effectiveness so 
and, and I'll probably get into another podcast about that because I've done a lot of um, reading into that in terms of about current background checks about what they look at um, and a lot of the background check criterion is not really um, any of any variable about somebody who's about to commit a violent crime there are a couple on there that do but um, but um, but more than half of them are not indicative of people who are going to cause violence so I think there's a libertarian way to say let's reduce the amount of filters on the background check but then within those filters we reinforce it hard um, and I think that would minimize the regulation um, kind of limited government right that's what libertarians are right are about right yeah limited government so that means there is some government there and we just need to flesh out what how much that is and I think when it comes to gun violence and background checks I think there's a great spot for uh, conservatives liberals and Democrats and and, and, and uh, libertarians and independents there's a small sweet spot I think people are, are looking overlooking now the other stuff in terms of high-capacity magazines and, and quote-unquote weapons of war which is has no definition um, I think those are very very um, lower on the totem pole about what's going to help with gun violence um, I think those things are just kind of um, marketing tools type of thing um, or kind of easy targets low-hanging fruit things that aren't really going to help us solve the violence problem but looks nice as in I took action so I don't know more to come on that one um, and the a lot of the stuff there's a lot of other stuff that I don't um, necessarily think is going to go well with a, a fellow Texans and especially libertarians um, very much that idea that he says uh, health care is a human right not a privilege I think libertarians and Republicans equally understand that health care is not a human right um, you know that we've defined it as a human right is a natural right as in life liberty and the pursuit of happiness um, healthcare is a service, so it's it, it's a very fine line of you know can we define healthcare a healthcare service as a right, especially when it's you know that's at the service of somebody else. Now within the medical community, they have their own motto, they have their own ethics, right? And one of those things is to never turn anybody down. Um, if somebody doesn't have money, they'll do some type of payment program. Sometimes they'll just do debt forgiveness. Um, those types of things so I think in the medical community itself um, they understand that they have to help everybody and they won't turn anybody away um, but at the same time is it expected of them I think that's the part where a lot of people in the medical community kind of I don't say find offensive but they're definitely like you know how you know how dare people think that you know that I have to do something even though it is in there in their um, you know their oath or whatever that they do have to help they can't turn anybody down so to speak but um, they kind of automatically presume that I think is um, it's a very bad mentality I think we have to understand that healthcare is a service and we have to reframe the way we look at it um, and yes I know there's plenty of people that want to compare um, other nations that have already done universal healthcare single-payer system etc like that totally okay um, I know there's plenty of great examples out there of, of systems that are working well 
But I think for us here in the U.S. and specifically in Texas, I think we want to find our own way. And I think we can. I think we can find our own solution that is not the same as everybody else. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people have to realize is there are more ways to do things than one way. And I think we just need to find that out. Um, so anyways, more to come on that one. Um, I think education, his views on higher education are, are pretty big weak spot only because I think, you know, looking at the economics of things, um, you know, increasing federal federal funding to its current levels, which is very, very high, um, I think is going to totally just melt the education system because, because that's kind of one of the big reasons why, um, you know, um, you know, school cost has gone up is because most people, most people get federal funding um, at the student loan level, but then they also get federal funding for infrastructure level. Um, so the colleges are just, you know, are getting this guaranteed money from people and they're saying, hey, it's guaranteed money. Um, you know, maybe we should raise our cost um, because we can, you know, or maybe they're trying to expand more than they should. And they're saying, oh, we, we want to expand more. We're getting a little bit of federal funding, but the rest of it needs to be made up by student uh, student fees. So, um, you know, since we're, you know, flush with this money, let's let's just raise the, the cost of of education. So I think it's creating uh, the student uh, university level higher education is there's a bubble going on there. Right. I think it's going to be too expensive for people. Um, I think there's going to be a meltdown there. I think a lot of people have talked about this before, but I think uh, his views on increasing federal funding um, at the higher education level is going to feed into the current problem that we have. So I can see this blowing up in his face. Um, so he's better be, he's got to be careful. Um, when it comes to uh, immigration, um, there's another part that I actually agree with him a lot. I think as just libertarians, um, we view immigration as just a, you know, a part of, it's like traffic, right? You have an inflow and an outflow in just how to keep it, you know, relatively safe for people. And we're not trying to judge people based off um, whether they're, you know, have documents or not. I, I think, you know, most of us here in Texas don't really care. Um, and we don't even have a big, you know, um, social security system, right? It's, it's pretty much like you need to get a job or you're not going to make a whole lot of money. So, um we, for the most part, Texans have been really friendly um, to um, to immigrants for the most part until recently when it just Republicans decided to be anti-immigrant, which is sad because, you know, Ronald Reagan was pro-immigration. He didn't like walls, all that stuff. And um, and now the, you know, Republicans are very anti-immigrant and uh, it really turns a lot of uh, immigrants off, you know, Latinos and, you know, Africans coming through different countries, um, people from Vietnam. We have all these people coming in and they are probably the prime target to be Republicans, right? They have traditional family values. They have traditional religions. And you would think that Republicans would want to tap into that and say, we, we believe we're the party of family values. We're the party of respecting religion. Um, you would think they would tap into that and just welcome them with open arms or, you know, if it is a, a you know, an issue about immigration processing, then it's, it should be more like, hey, we get your coming. We want to make it as easy as possible. Let's help you with, you know, streamlining the immigration process, you know, so you can come in. 
It should be like that for Republicans. Unfortunately, they are so anti-immigrant right now, it's like, it, it, it's deafening. So um, hopefully they, they fix that. Otherwise, I think they're going to be, um, I think they're going to be SOL here pretty soon. Anyways. Um, I do like to talk about trade schools. Um, I think trade schools are uh, kind of an underutilized um, system that can get somebody out on a nice paying job really quickly. They could also be a stair step. You know, you do a trade school for a year or two, you go out and do kind of blue collar work, you make a decent income, you go to school over, you know, at night or whatever, you get your degree, you know, whatever it is, economics or whatever, whatever it is you want to do, and then you move into a white collar position, and, and that's how. That's how it used to work. I know my my my, my dad, my own dad, um, did a trade school. Um, actually, I take that back. He he did the military, came out, worked in a, a Ford factory, um, and then so he was doing blue collar work. He went into a trade school on computer programming um, in the seventies. By the way, smart guy, right? Um, and uh, then he moved into a white collar environment for the rest of his life. Um, and then, so he used that as a stair step, and I think um, more people should use that um, than they are right now. I wish I would have done that. I come to think about it, because when I went into college and the university level, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I should have done just a quick trade school, get a job, and then figure out what I want to do, and then go back to the college or something like that. But you know, the beauty of being a uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Anyways. Uh, the other parts I really like about uh, Beto O'Rourke um, is he wants to end the drug war. He wants to end prohibition. Um, private prisons, that is a bit of um, a gray area for libertarians. Um, obviously, we want to reduce federal... We do, want to, we, we do want to reduce federal footprint. Um, and I think public-private partnerships are a good way to do that. Um, however... Um, private prisons um, need, I guess, maybe some a little bit more oversight. And then I think the big thing that's really flooding our prison systems is the drug war, right? We have a lot of uh, drug convictions and a lot of nonviolent convictions that are getting put into the legitimate um, prison system of violent people, and uh, we're creating this entire mess. And I think it has a lot to do more with our policies. Because I think a lot of, I, I, last time I read it, I think it's like 50, 60% of people in prison are nonviolent offenders. So, uh, I mean, if we eliminated that law, if we got rid of nonviolent offenders in the prison system, that would reduce our cost immensely, right? And it would create more space for these prisons. So I think more the solution is not closing private prisons, but um, you know, reducing the amount of people we put in prison and then using public-private partnerships, putting some stiff regulations and, um, you know, um, uh, auditing them, whatever, whatever. Putting strong regulation, putting strong regulations on public-private par par partnerships. Um, and then I, I think after that, it, should, it shouldn't be as bad, but anyways. So yeah, there's a little bit of uh, stuff there to work on. Um, he does want congr congressional oversight on the military action. So he's not exactly saying that he's against war, 
But he is moving in the right direction in the sense that, you know, he wants the power to come back to Congress. Um, and I think that's probably the one move that we really need to do. Because I think as the, as the you know, president has, is getting more leeway to do with the, mili- with the military what he wants, you do run into problems of, um, you know, that there's no uh, accountability. And I think when you put it onto Congress, you can hold your congressman or your senator accountable for the actions that we're doing. And I think that's really the first part um, as well. So um, he does want to protect Social Security. So, you know, that's a downside. I think uh, most of us as libertarians, we want to get out of Social Security. We understand it was implemented by FDR in a very rough time. Uh, But I think we are out of that system. And I think most people have a 401k or a savings account or retirement or something like that. And I think we can totally shift out of that. Um, nice and easy without you know leaving anybody in the dust um, increasing federal VA funding um, I think this is actually something I do kind of agree in the sense that I think you know uh, veterans are an often underlooked um, area um, you know they kind of volunteered well um, yeah they volunteered to do a service for the United States and then, um, you know, basically once they come back, we kind of leave them in the wind. And I think there needs to be some transition period, at least for, you know, a year or two where we're offering some, some services to get back into society. Uh, but I know they, they do have like, you know, you know um, funding for school and funding for homes and stuff like that. So maybe it just needs to be a little bit more like mental health, a little bit of medical, maybe some job, uh, job training, something like that. So. Anywho, so the last part is women's health. Um, I think this is actually a part where libertarians are in line, or more specifically, the Libertarian Party is in line with with this. Um, Libertarian Party has been pro-choice ever since the inception of it. Um, So we do believe in a woman's right to choose whether she has a child or not. I know a lot of uh, conservatives disagree with this, and a lot of libertarians, uh, conservatives that lean libertarian um, disagree with this. Um, but I think, I think right now while we're fleshing out what defines a human life and where, when does a human have those rights to live, I think as we're fleshing that out, I think we should lean on the side of choice for now until we kind of um, figure this out as a society. So anyway, so there's that. Um, that was Bethel O'Rourke. Um, lots of stuff to go on that one. I know he's a little bit more of the um, the brand new person, so there's a lot of. Well, he's 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 in the Congress, but um, you know there's a lot of um, there's a lot of momentum around Beto, uh, and I think um, some of it is good and some of it is bad. It's uh, I think kind of uh, soon I'm going to do this. I'm going to actually put some metrics to this in terms of how close Beto O'Rourke, how much. A libertarian Beto O'Rourke is in Ted Cruz um, just so people know because I think a lot of times there's a misnomer that Ted Cruz is you know libertarian ish you know but then you, you know well we're gonna go over his his stuff here in a little bit um, but uh, there's there's a lot of misconceptions so um, we'll go through that here in a little bit so going to Ted Cruz's website um, 
so the bullet points here um, that he goes over is uh, obviously the proven leadership. Um, you know, he's really honing on the fact that uh, his record and history speak for himself, that he's proven to take the lead on certain things. So uh, very, very, uh, very Texas in that way, right? Like, I'm a leader. I'm a boss type of thing. So, hey, he's, he's you know, he's, he's the incumbent. He can do that. Um, the next bullet point is kind of an odd one because he says defends the Constitution. Uh, he wants to keep the U.S. out of armed treaties. Um, he wants to investigate the IRS from um, bias. Uh, he wants to defend the First Amendment. Protested discrimination laws for churches in Houston. Uh, he wants to defend the religious right, and he wants to defend religious uh, monuments. Um, when it comes to the next one, jobs and opportunity, he wants to repeal Obamacare. He supports NASA. He wants to fund commercial space travel. He wants to audit the Fed. Um, he wants state-led unemployment insurance, tax cuts, expand energy exploration, he fought budget increases and he opposes internet sales tax. Limiting Washington's power is the next one. Um, he's really emphasizing this uh, pushing back on the IRS uh, for kind of uh, picking on some conservatives. Um, he opposes budget increases. He is total support of deregulation. He opposes sugar subsidies and he opposed um, budget deals um, that would have increased Washington power. Second Amendment, um, I, I think he was very clear on that one. It's actually pretty short, but he opposes any Second Amendment restriction, um, and he's a huge supporter of the NRA. Um, so we'll, we'll get back to that here in a little bit. Um, securing the border. Um, one of the things I thought was really interesting is that he says that he's going to um, use drug cartel money confiscated by federal law enforcement to construct the wall. He wants to triple the size of Border Patrol. Um, he wants to use biometric entry exit system. Um, he wants to imprison people who do re, uh, illegal re-entries. Um, he wants to protect the American worker and he wants to reduce amnesty into the United States. Servicemen and women, um, he wants to fund the F-35. We'll have a funny story about that. Sorry, didn't mean to laugh. He wants to increase military spending. Um, he wants to list North Korea as a terrorist, uh, Muslim Brotherhood as a terrorist, Iran as a terrorist. Um, he wants to, um, you know, uh, escalate the confrontation with Iran, um, and he supports VA funding. The next one was a very uh, solid bullet point in the sense that it was very clear, uh, standing with Israel. So. Um, he wants to fund Israel, he wants to punish the Palestinians, and he supports Isra Israel military funding. And then the last one he's got for Tex uh, is the Texas values. So he wants to defund Planned Parenthood, he wants to preserve under God and the Pledge of Allegiance, he wants to defend the religious monuments, and he does not recognize state unions. He wants to defund groups that provide abortion, he wants to protect religious discrimination. I, that's my uh, interpretation and he wants to uh, block um, what is this here it says blocked oh man he blocked federal protection of marriage equality okay all right so 
going through that, I think, um, and if it sounded succinct, that's only because actually Ted's, uh, Ted Cruz's website was actually a lot more direct. Um, so, um, but I mean, Ted Cruz has kind of had that personality image of being a very direct person. So, so that's okay. But for sure, you can see this is kind of leaning into conservatives, where it's this strong leadership talking about the Constitution, um, talking about the Second Amendment specifically, because you know, you know, Republicans, conservatives are definitely afraid of you know uh, someone to come to take their guns. Um, obviously, the thing I said before, limiting Washington's power, um, the border, obviously. Um, talking about the military, talking about Israel, and talking about um, Texas values. What I think is really missing here is the social aspect um, of issues. Now, I know with Republicans, they're trying to avoid talking about those um, those social issues because it is kind of a huge detractor for voters. Um, but I think it is interesting that they kind of, it's par for the course for a Republican, right? Doesn't talk about how he feels about um, same-sex marriages. Um, you know, he doesn't talk about um, drugs or ending the drug war. He doesn't talk about disabilities. He doesn't talk about women's rights. Um, any of those social issues that are hot buttons right now. And I think it's kind of a mistake. I think um, Republicans have an opportunity to let people know that they actually do care about these social issues, um, they think the solutions are in this in in a different direction. I think they have the space to go out and say those things, but unfortunately, um, I think they're just kind of frozen stiff, like a deer in headlights when it comes to that. Um, you know, I think it's they they kind of put themselves in that corner. You know, uh, when it comes to like you know um, criminal justice reform or um, discrimination or anything like that, right? You could just say discrimination in general, discrimination of gender, discrimination of race, discrimination of disabilities, any of those things. You could just legitimately say, hey, we don't agree with discrimination and we will, you know, uh, you know, uh, protect individual rights and make sure that you're not being discriminated against. You could have just, they could just leave it at that, you know, um, for now. But I think the fact that they're omitting most of that stuff is a really bad sign for Democrat uh, for I'm sorry for Republicans because um, I think more and more Texans are concerned about those issues, um, and I think if you don't address them, I think they're going to become kind of they're going to eat your lunch so to speak. So, but we'll see. Um, I think very specifically looking at this, um, you know, I look at. Um, I'm a little bit more critical of Ted Cruz um, simply because um, he's got more history, you know. But, you know, in terms of repealing Obamacare, okay. In terms of supporting NASA research, okay, that's that's okay. Um, auditing the Fed, that's awesome. Um, you know, opposing any Second Amendment restrictions, I think it's kind of par for the course. Um, but then when you go into these other things like... Um, you know, um, building a wall and tripling the cost of a federal branch called the Border Patrol and asking for a biometric exit entry exit system and then funding F-35s, which 
which I was laughing at because they just realized that it's an absolute failure and that they're going to close most of it down. So he wants to increase budgeting on this failed program. He wants to increase military spending. He wants to become vitriolic um, against the rest of the world of North Korea and um, the issue with Muslim Brotherhood and Egypt, um, Iran. Um, you know, he wants to kind of set the world on fire. And I'm, obviously, I think most Americans are very concerned, including Texans and libertarians, that we are spending way too much money um, on the federal level. And then we're creating all these problems as well. So I'm a little bit. I would, if I were, if I were, the opposition for Dick Cruz, I would totally call him out on the fact that he says he's always fighting budget increases. Well, if that's true, then why are you talking about increasing F-35 funding? Um, why are you talking about building a wall? Why are you talking about tripling the border patrol? Um, that's going to be a cost. Biometric entry exit system, like what? the hell so I think there's a lot of questions around Ted Cruz I think there's a lot of contradictions um, and I think very specifically when I look into some of the words and the quotes that he says when it comes to the First Amendment very specifically he doesn't really protect the First Amendment the only the only thing he protects is the re the religious right to the First Amendment I've never seen him protect uh, same-sex couples the LGBTQ um, Latinos, African Americans. Um, I've never seen him protect um, anybody else's right to to freely express themselves. The only people I've seen him d defend is religion. And I think religion has an equal place in society like everybody else. But there are other people and there are other issues out there. So I think um, Ted Cruz um, is a little bit, you know, I think in, in my terms, he's a little bit of a hypocrite because he's saying he's a defender of the Constitution, but really the only thing he seems to defend outright with no questions is the Second Amendment. But in terms of the First Amendment, he doesn't do it equally. In terms of the Third and Fourth Amendment, um, about protecting the government, about, I'm sorry, protecting people from the government, he seems to not mention it at all um, because I know he was part of that movement um, to, um, you know, basically let the government steal massive amounts of data. But on the other side, he's talking about auditing the Fed. I think transparency is good. So Ted Cruz, just like Beto O'Rourke, is a very mixed bag when it comes to libertarians and independents. Um, so I think it's a, um, I think it's a little bit hard. It's a, it's going to be a difficult election. Uh, for people. Um, I think it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But, however, I'm going to do the last thing. I know I'm uh, kind of trying to limit this to about 90 minutes, so I got about 12 minutes left. I still have a little bit more to mention. So, um, the thing I want to mention here real quick um, is your third option, Neil Dykeman. Neil Dykeman is um, running for Senate as well. Um, check him out. I'm gonna I'm gonna put some links on this uh, afterwards. Uh, but the things he talks about, obviously, because he's a libertarian, speaks to me as well, right? Fiscal responsibility. Um, he believes in a zero-based budget across the board, meaning people start at zero and they have to kind of earn that money back. So it's not just assume that you're gonna get that money you got from last year. 
Uh, he believes in a balanced budget and a sound physical policy. He wants to reduce entitlements and healthcare costs. On tax reform, he wants to simplify the tax code. Um, he wants to stop tax code behavior legislation, meaning you know some people can kind of get away with not paying taxes. Um, close special interest loopholes and lower the tax rate in general. Um, trade is the next portion. He wants to promote free trade, not government sponsor free trade. Free trade is fair trade, so he wants to lower tariffs um, and he wants the home advantage for workers. A local government, um, he wants to decentralize government, um, bring the power and the funding back in the local level to education infrastructure and taxes um, so redirecting all that into the local level is what he uh, is promoting um, when it comes to privacy he supports uh, he's a sponsor of national privacy protection act um, he does believe in a national opt-out for data privacy so if there's people who are totally okay with sharing all their information they can opt in and if you don't want to if you want privacy you can opt out I think that's pretty awesome um, and he also believes in due process for data collection. So obviously, you know, if you want data, you need a warrant. Um, social issues, um, very uh, kind of par for the course for libertarians too, right? Um, get government out of your bedroom, end the drug war, and he's individually uh, pro-choice. On healthcare, he believes in portable and direct consumer choice in both provider and insurance. Uh, he also believes in cost transparency. And he believes in health care breaks uh, should be promoted in the tax system as well, just like corporate tax breaks are. Immigration reform. He supports legislation for clear pathways for immigration and citizenship. He wants to limit the amount of public services um, that uh, you know illegal, illegal immigrants have until they're full-on citizens. Uh, but he wants to promote economic labor activity. Last one on the national defense, uh, he supports staying out of foreign wars. Con he wants congressional oversight of military action. Uh, he wants Congress to have the right to declare war, not the president. And he supports alliances that stand for peace, prosperity, and human rights. So I uh, don't mean to sh cut it short on that one compared to the Ted Cruz and Beto work conversation, but very much in line with uh, what libertarians agree on. Um, a lot of independents agree on that as well. Um, I think budget is budget and deficits is going to be a huge issue um, as both Republicans and Democrats uh, are spending more and more money. Um, I think it's going to affect our economic system um, and our, our currency, um, and it's going to hurt a lot of people's savings accounts and 401ks, and that's where the real cost is, right? People are going to not only pay higher taxes, but they're also going to get less on their retirement um, later on. So simplifying tax code obviously is a great thing, right? Simplify it, lower the taxes, um, make it more condensed. Um, don't let people get out of that loophole. Uh, but I think that's very common in other countries, right? Um, there, there's other countries that have lower tax rates on individual income that are more effective because, you know, nobody can get out of it. Um, but it is a lower rate, and I think other countries have shown that we can do that. Um, obviously on trade, um, that's very, very libertarian. Free trade is fair trade. Um, reduce the amount of government sponsorship and, and the tariffs, reduce that. Um, and I think once you open those 
floodgates, um, you really give the advantage, the home field advantage for the current workers, because then you allow the the free market to kind of um, decide where it wants to go, and the workers can kind of shift into new um, new territories. So, anyways, I think decentralizing government is um, obviously the solution for um, for libertarians, um, and um, I think it should be explored more um, about, you know, if there is there a way to kind of keep government at the local and state level, give it a little bit more power, because that was the intention of, of the United States. So anyways, I know I've got a few minutes left on this, but I want to say real quick, I didn't get a chance to go through on the issues um, point by point, but I, what I found most interesting, and I'm going to post it on the issue stuff um, here with this podcast, but what I found interesting is on the on the issues, they uh, again they use the voting record and the statements that they made to kind of give them uh, area grid of where they are on social issues versus economic. And Bethel O'Rourke actually came out as libertarian leaning liberal, and Ted Cruz came out as hardcore conservative. And I think at the end of the day, that's what kind of came really shocking to me was. You know, for some reason, I think because of all the hyperbole, all the words that a lot of people say, um, people always think Ted Cruz is is a libertarian or close to a libertarian, um, and that Beto O'Rourke is this super progressive person. And I think what I found reading through some of this stuff is realizing that really Beto O'Rourke is just another Democrat, and it's both a negative and a positive. But I think a lot of people are viewing him as like this something different you know something that we need and really he's just another democrat you know same democratic platform that other democrats are offering it's nothing new so i think bethel work really needs to look at what makes him unique what makes him special for texas that he can bridge that gap that republicans have had a hold on for you know whatever three four decades or whatever um how can he bridge the gap closer and be a little bit more moderate but, you know, looking at that, I can see libertarian leaning. So he's got some libertarian aspects of him, uh, but he's still on the Democratic side. So I think that could work for him. Ted Cruz is just a straight up, you know, right wing conservative. And I think I think that plays in for some of the crowd today. But one of the things that I keep saying is that the face of Texas is changing. I think it is. I think it's already changed. I don't I don't think it's about, you know, gun toting you know, barbecue loving rednecks or anything like that. We have that. And I think there's a little bit in us, all of us. But I think we're much more than that. So I think Ted Cruz is a little bit behind the times. And I think that could eat his lunch either right now or the next election. I think the we're hitting a consensus where people want more than just, a, you know, a right wing conservative. And Ted Cruz has made no uh, intention of moving any closer to the middle, um, at least talking about you know, at least, you know, being okay with same-sex marriage or fighting discrimination or uh, be, be going a little easier on immigration. I think those are, if he went a little bit lighter on those, I think he could really hit the, the audience that is looking for something new. So looking at all that, um, you know, honestly, me as a libertarian, I try not to be biased on the third option of Neil Dykeman, but Neil, Neil Dykeman is solid in terms of Texas values, in terms of the things that we want, right? We don't want to be too tough on immigrants. We want to make sure they follow some process, 
but we want lower taxes, we want lower regulations, um, we want people to be people and to do what they want, you know, and we, me as tech, we as Texans, we understand that thing of mind your own business, right? And I, I think Republicans have kind of lost sight of that, um, which we'll get into another day about business-minded Republicans versus the religious-minded Republicans. There's a split there that's happening, um, and they could totally sway to Beto O'Rourke or Libertarian Party, I think would be awesome. So anyways... Um, I think it's going to be a tight race. Um, what I'm going to do next for the next podcast is actually go through on the issues and then actually grade them based upon how libertarian are there are they based on the Libertarian Party platform. Um, so if any of my libertarian friends out there are trying to decide what to do, um, if you're saying, hey, maybe I should go to Ted or should I go Beto or should I go third party, um, who's closer, which one would I feel a little bit better about, I'm going to give you a grading system there. Um, and then I'll give you a little bit more opinion about what I think the two options are for uh, libertarians and independents out there. So anyways, um, I think that's it. Um, thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. Give me feedback, anything you got. Um, I'd really appreciate it. And um, we'll be posting something on Mondays um, coming forward. Every Monday we're going to do something. Um, come hell or high water, we're going to do something. So uh, thank you for listening, and we'll... Hear you next time.